Hi, and welcome to the Los Angeles Podcast of Anaheim, a semi-daily audio blog for all things Angels baseball. This is the opening day edition. Right now, I am watching Marlins Nationals. Don't ask me why. I really like the Nationals. But the Angels are getting ready to start later tonight, and I'm jacked up. It's opening day, best day of the year. Better than my birthday, better than my kid's birthday, better than Christmas. It's the best day of the year for me. And with the best day of the year comes expectations. So today I'm going to take a look at the opening day roster and just go down the list real quick. The Angels are getting ready to play Oakland later tonight. And weirdly enough, the starting pitcher for opening night is going to be Ricky Nolasco. Everyone was assuming Shoemaker or Richards, but no, it's Nolasco. And there's really not a reason for it. Mike Socia said something about... uh, that he would be a veteran, able to handle that opening day hubbub. I don't really buy that. There's not really a reason other than to give Shu and Richards an extra day of rest uh, after spring training t- before they get started. So you can count on Nolasco, you know, looking at the rotation first. You can count on Nolasco to at least be a league average pitcher. And he pitched really well for the Angels the second half of the year last year. He pitched well in spring training and it's hard to expect him to be better than the average pitcher he's been over the course of his career. I'm a little high on him. I do think he can be better than he has been. I'm a little high on him. I actually am buying Ricky Nolasco's stock. He was good in spring training. He says he's added a few little tricks to his repertoire. He's always been an average pitcher with some peaks and valleys. I think this year, more peaks than valleys. I think he'll be an innings eater. He'll probably give him somewhere between 180 and 220 innings. And I think he's going to be a valuable middle-of-the-rotation starter. Now, Matt Shoemaker is going to start tomorrow night. Garrett Richards can start the night after. And both those guys are healthy. They're throwing hard. They had good spring trainings. And they had, they had their issues. Both of them had some issues. Uh, some bad starts, but those are problems that are normal. You know, they can't find the strike zone or they were a little off the corner, stuff like that, stuff that you would see them have problems with in the regular season, even when they're healthy. So uh, they're both good to go. Skaggs is going to be the fourth starter, and he also seems healthy, although he's also had his issues. Um Keep an eye on his shoulder if he has any more, quote-unquote, shoulder fatigue issues. It may be an indication that the surgery he had uh, two years ago didn't quite take or that he's just hurt it again. Uh, Skaggs is an injury risk, but just like Richards, uh, if he goes down, the season goes down. The Angels are really dependent on this rotation staying healthy. Number five in the rotation, Jesse Chavez. He's going to pitch when he's going to pitch. He is basically what he is. Maybe league average slightly below, but he will eat innings and he will be healthy. And at this point, that's really all the Angels can ask. Even if he's a slightly below average fifth starter, that's still a big improvement from what the Angels had last year. And, of course, there is some depth. We'll have to see what Meyer does in AAA if he can get his motion down consistently, start finding the strike zone. But, you know, people have been saying that for the last four or five years about him. And it's, you know, we're not going to hold our breath. I've talked a lot about the bullpen in the past, 
and I won't spend too much time on it now. I'll just note that, you know, with Bedrosian as the closer, if the Angels can go deep with their starters, they can win a lot of games by avoiding overusing that bullpen. There are a lot of competent guys, but there are no great guys in there. And, you know, if you don't have a bullpen that blows people away, you don't want to overtax them. You don't want to rely on them too much. And the Angels really, really don't want to do that with theirs. Now, moving on to the starting lineup, expectations. Uh, I've sort of avoided talking about the regular lineup too much because they've been set. I've always said that the Angels are an older team. They're not actually an old team. They're a veteran team. The one guy who's really old, though, is Albert Pujols. He's going to be DHing to take the pressure off the foot. He still is Albert Pujols in that he doesn't strike out too much. He does make hard contact. He's going to get between 150 and 170 hits. About 30 of them, maybe more, will go over the fence if he stays healthy. And that's the key for Albert. If he stays off the field, if he stays at the DH position, if he's not allowed to run the way he wants to. And this is up to Mike Sosha to rein him in. Pujols likes to run. He likes to take extra bases. It's important for the Angels that he not do that so much this year, that he take pressure off his foot. If he can stay healthy and stay at DH, he will be not the Albert Pujols we remember in St. Louis, but he will be a productive DH. Uh, at first base is C.J. Crone, and C.J. Crone is one of those players that I am also buying high on. He was pretty mediocre his first two years, and when he got hot late in the season last year, it made his it made all of his numbers look much better. And so it's up to, especially the first part of this season, to see if that improvement is real. He had a huge spring training. So if that improvement is carried forward, then the Angels have themselves a real first baseman. And between Pujols and Crone, if these guys are both hitting, that's a huge, that's a quantum leap for them in terms of offensive production. Across the diamond at third base, there's less optimism. You know Escobar has been a decent hitter. He's gotten on base, but he has no power whatsoever, and his defense is terrible. He's basically got a step and a dive, and that's a real problem for a team that's going to rely on defense to really carry the day for them. This is where Luis Valbuena is going to be important. The Angels have a really righty-heavy lineup. Valbuena brings a lefty bat with some pop, and he's a better defender than Escobar at third base. But Valbuena also has a bad hamstring right now, He'll be back in maybe a month, three weeks to a month. And if you've ever pulled a hamstring, you know that even after you're back, you're still feeling it, and you'll feel it for weeks. Between Escobar and Valbuena, hopefully the Angels get more production offensively and defensively. Now, up the middle, this is where it's really impressive. Danny Espinosa and Andrelton Simmons, they're arguably the best defense in the league going in up the middle. But uh, there's only so many there's, but there's only so many runs you can save on defense. Ultimately, you still have to hit, and that's going to be a big issue for the Angel middle infielders. Even if they are the best double play combination in the league this season, that doesn't mean it's going to be a, you know, an unmitigated success. I mean, you look at the other infielders just in the American League West. Ignore Oakland for now because they're probably not contenders. But Seattle's got Robbie Cano and Gene Segura. That's a nice offensive combination who can play some defense. S uh, Texas has Elvis Andrus and Ruffy Odor. They both play, well, Andrus plays solid defense. Both of them hit. 
And of course, Houston has Altuve and Carlos Correa, and that might be the best offensive combination in the league up the middle. The Angels are looking at that as their competitors, really strong offensive middle infielders who can also play defense. Now, even though Simmons and Espinosa are better defensive infielders, there's they can't stack up offensively against these other guys. Simmons might show a little more pop this year as he gets a little older. His contact rate is still extreme. And, you know, if a few hits fall this year, he might actually surprise. Espinosa has some power, but he strikes out a ton. And that lack of contact really limits his on-base percentage and his batting average. He'll still, be an, he'll still be an improvement over what the Angels had the last couple seasons at second base, especially with his defense. But again, because they don't hit, there's going to be a lack of upside to these guys, and that's going to be a limiting factor. That said, that double play combination is going to really help out the pitching staff. Hopefully that's going to be enough with the offense that they bring. Either way, it's going to be an improvement over the last few seasons, and that will be key. These little improvements in the margins matter. You get a little better here, you get a little better there, and pretty soon you're winning games that you weren't winning before. Breaking even is underrated. Last year the Angels had these huge deficits in the rotation and in the bullpen, in left field and at second base. Even if you're just breaking even now, even if you're making these marginal improvements, as marginal as they seem, these improvements add up. Good teams don't have giant holes. To be a competitive team, if the Angels can just eliminate all of these deficit areas, even if they can just break even where there were deficits before, even if the individual improvements are small, collectively, they really add up. And they can push a bad team to becoming a 500 team. They can push a 500 team into contention. And that's what we're hoping for now. The Angels are a 500 team. And if they eliminate those dead spots, they can actually compete if if everything works out. Now, in right field, you've got a healthy Cole Calhoun who had a strong spring in that he was healthy. He had an ab issue last year. And so that's supposedly over with now, and he should be bringing more power. I think we can expect 20 home runs from him this year, along with his usual excellent defense. In left field, this is going to be a wild card situation. Right now, it is Cameron Maben. Right now, it's Ben Revere backing him up. And the guy that I mentioned last episode, Jeffrey Marte, I think is going to be the guy who ultimately takes over for them in that position. Maben had the career year last year. I don't expect him to be that way this year. I don't expect him to be that good. Revere was hurt all last year, and he was terrible. He's healthy now and had a big spring. But again, he is what he is, a speedster, slap hitter without a lot of power. Neither he or Maben have power. Marte does. So I do expect Marte to get a lot more playing time over the course of the season. I do expect him to be more productive than the other two offensively. He had a big spring. I do think the improvement is real for him, and hopefully that'll translate. Now the guy I've avoided talking about for most of the spring, because there's not really that much to say. He's the best. Mike Trout is the best player in baseball. He is the perfect ball player. And at this point in his career, you're basically looking at Willie Mays and Mickey Mantle. There's really not much you can say about him other than 
to sit back and gawk. And it is just an honor. It is a pure pleasure for Angel fans to be able to open up or to be able to turn on their TV every night and see him playing center field for us. This year, Dan Zamborski in the first episode, he had projected Mike to be a nine-war player, which would, of course, make him the MVP again. I think the shape of that nine-war is going to change for from year to year for Trout. This year, he said he wanted to run more, so you can expect him to do exactly that, that he's going to get at least 40 stolen bases again for the first time since his rookie year. He has gotten bigger. He's gotten stronger. You can likely expect more than the 29 homers he hit last year. So 40-40 for this guy, not out of the question. With Trout, we know that he's going to be great, and it's just a matter of what kind of great we're going to see this year. It's it's just exciting. He is just so exciting and wonderful to watch. If the Angels can somehow find some combination of Mabin or Revere or Escobar batting in front of him, or Calhoun batting in front of him, to give him RBI opportunities, and if he's on base enough times, well, he will be on base enough. Uh, but it's a question of whether Crone or Pujols will be able to drive him in. We're, we could be looking at yet another huge, huge season for this guy. And it's, you know, at this point, we expect it, right? We expect monster seasons from Mike Trout, and he has never disappointed. For the Angels, it's always going to be a question of, did they put enough around this guy to let him carry this team into the postseason? The best player of his generation deserves a national audience. And it, we already know Trout's not a glory hound. He's not a pub seeker. He's just an aw shucks, boring interview who just goes out and plays incredible baseball. So it would be great to finally get him the national spotlight that he really deserves, not just from sports writers, because sports writers know, other ballplayers know how great he is. Other fans deserve to see what Angel fans have been privileged to see all this time. That being said, he needs to stay healthy just like everybody else. The Angels don't have a ton of positional depth. Valbuena, when healthy, should provide some cover for first, second, and third. Marte should provide some cover for the outfield, third base, first base. Up the middle, it's going to be Cliff Pennington if Simmons or Espinosa goes down, and that's not a good sign because Pennington is, you know, he's just a glove who can... Pennington is just a glove that can fill in when somebody else is resting or hurt, and that's going to be a real problem. Pennington is basically just a glove you stick in there when somebody's got the day off. But if he's got to play every day, he's really going to be stretched. So that's why Espinosa's got to stay healthy. That's why Simmons has to stay healthy. And finally, at catcher, we have Martin Maldonado and Carlos Perez. Uh, Maldonado, Maldonado really flashed his arm this spring, uh, going to first a lot, really showing off the cannon. He was also awful offensively, just terrible. And this is something we knew coming into the season. This is why I was hoping the Angels would sign somebody at catcher. But for Maldonado and for Perez, the Angels are relying on the arm and they're relying on pitch framing. And both these guys are near the top of the list at, in both areas. 
So the Angels are basically conceding outs with that nine spot in the lineup. And they're just hoping that Maldonado and Perez make up for it with their pitch framing and their play calling and that arm. But again, just like with the middle infielders, there's only so many runs you can save. You also have to generate runs yourselves. And Maldonado and Perez can't be counted on to do that. So we'll see what happens going forward. Hopefully, again, hopefully that middle of the lineup, Trout and Pujols, Crone, Calhoun, that group there can generate enough offense to carry the load and the starting pitching stays healthy enough. Now, as a team, when you're projecting forward, most projection systems have the Angels around 500, maybe a little lower. I'm going to say that the Angels won 82, 83 games and hang around the periphery of the last playoff slot, the one-game playoff slot. If they hit all of their note, if they hit all of their high notes, and that's of course a very big if. If they stay healthy, if the rotation stays intact, if the bullpen isn't a fire hazard, you could really see this team winning 85, 87 games, really playing themselves into a position to compete for an October slot, and that's that's really the goal, right? It's really hard at this point to say that the Angels can outplay the Rangers or especially the Astros, who I think are the favorites to win the American League West. But if you can hang around and you can steal a slot for October, then who knows what could happen. If not, if guys get hurt again, if Pujols goes down again, if left field continues to be a big hole, then again, we're looking at the same thing that happened last year. So, yeah, let's try and avoid that. Anyways, that's it. That's the opening day preview. Opening night's tonight, and I will be watching, of course, as you all will, I'm sure. Hopefully the Angels will be starting the season with a win, and I'll be talking about it in the first of 162 post-game podcasts. Happy opening day, everyone. I'll talk to you after the game.